1: It's Wednesday, so it's time, of course, for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment. And Wayne, if you'd just woken up after uh, being in a coma for a little while, and I told you that on March the twenty third, the JSE was down probably around about uh, thirty thirty percent plus, and you'd woken up again this morning, I would tell you that the JSE is now up for the year. It's gone positive for yes. the year. Isn't it astonishing?
0: It is astonishing when you consider. The state of the underlying economy, both in South Africa and globally. I mean, the U.S. showed on an annualised basis, and I stress that, you know, minus 40% GDP growth. So, on an absolute basis, it's about uh, what's it About eight? About nine? Nine percent. Yes. And we're going to show minus 50 for the quarter to June. So, on an absolute basis, that's about 11%. Um, we're probably going to shed by the end of the year 1.2 million jobs in South Africa, and there's a strong discussion going around now, and and, and, I, and I will admit it's an economist's discussion that if you compare where they expect jobs to be in two years' time compared to their forecasts pre-COVID, mm. and of course these are all forecasts. About two million jobs have been permanently taken off the table you know on a in in two years time there'll be two million fewer employed people than what we've got now and you add in all the other economic problems in south africa and globally i know the economy is recovering but it's going to take at least two years for the world to get back to where it was at the start of this year and yet the stock markets are at virtually record highs. And certainly when you look at the overseas stock markets, NASDAQ in particular, and of course, I know the, the Fang shares and I know they've benefited from, you know, the, the the lockdown and everything like that. But still, you know, it's at historic highs. You know, they've shown a fantastic return for the last six months. I mean, the NASDAQ was at, call it 10,000 at the beginning of the year. You know, it's now at, Eleven thousand, you know, so it's up ten percent, fifteen percent for the year. I mean, that is just astonishing, quite frankly. In fact, it's more than that. It mm. started the year at nine thousand; it's now eleven thousand.
1: Yeah, it's actually closer to 30, it's sort of twenty five, thirty percent. I think my maths isn't that yes. great, but uh, it it's is something like that. Yeah. An incredible performance. And there are some people. There are some some statistics about how much um, the people in America have lost during the the health crisis. And how much the the billionaires have made during that same crisis, the Jeff Bezoss and uh, Mark Zuckerbergs of this yes. world, it is unbelievable the amount of money that these companies are printing it's astonishing again yeah
0: and look and and look, I mean these are proper companies, this is not a dot com bubble you know this is not a on on a you know a prayer of profits at some future date. I mean there are a few of them, but the big fan shares, these are seriously large companies that print enormous amounts of money with very very strong balance sheets but it doesn't mean the share price can just continue to go up and up and up and yet you know look at our share market our share market's been driven well let's let's rather say what's not driving the share market properties financials and retail all the rest are are up i mean All the mining shares, obviously the platinum, the gold shares, and you can see today it was a stonking day today for gold shares again. Well, and platinum shares, but Mm. yeah. Absolute stonker. Um, And yet these still just going up. So the only, and I'm just talking South Africa, the only sectors where you can see the economic consequences of the lockdown is in financials and property and, and retail. Otherwise, the rest of the market, as you said, if you were in a coma and you woken up, you'll think nothing's wrong.
1: Everything's gone flat for the last six months. Unless, of course, you look at the RAND and unless, of course, you look, Wayne, at the gold price. Because I've just turned my – every time I turn on my screen after half an hour, it's gone up another 5 or $6. It's $2,053 an ounce now. Yep. Someone's getting but, someone's getting burnt here. Someone's got a big hedge in place and they've had to cover the hedge or the people that wrote them the hedge Something's are having to cover. Yeah, something now, massive is going
0: on. You can, you can understand gold running mm. because of the underlying economic circumstances and the amount of money that's been printed and all the good reasons. And it's not hard to find good reasons why gold has gone up because it wouldn't have gone up if there weren't good reasons. But you would normally see gold running this strongly when the stock market's in chaos. Yes. And yet the stock market's are not in chaos. So, I mean, maybe it's the maybe it's radical statement, maybe it's overemphasizing, but one of them's wrong. Now, either gold or the stock market's wrong. I don't think they can both be right.
1: Yeah, I wonder which one it is. Gold is the much smaller market, of course, because it's uh, there's a, fine, a very, I mean, it's a tiny fraction of the of global stock markets. But I don't know, Wayne. What is your instinct, or are they both right?
0: C- because the U.S. dollar is weak. I, I, I can't. Yeah. Okay. But then the U.S. dollar is weak, and as now there's no holding costs of carrying gold, and I mean we know all of these things. But well, when you consider the economic chaos that the virus and the lockdowns have caused, it's clearly, it might be in the gold price, but it's not in the stock market. Eh? No. It is definitively not in the stock market. I mean, the S&P 500 is, call it zero for the year. Our stock market is zero for the year, you know, slightly positive. And um, yeah. And of course, it's driven by very specific sectors, but, you know, a bull market and a bear market is always driven by very specific sectors. So there's nothing that unusual about it. In fact, you could argue that the recovery that we have seen since uh, the, the big fall when was that, you know, the bottomed out about the 20th of March, somewhere around there, the recovery from 40,000 through to 58,000 call it mm. has been driven actually quite broadly for a mass, for a massive recovery. It's been driven by mining shares, been driven by big international dual listed shares, and it's been driven by platinum and gold. So they're actually the, and of course, a, a nice pass and process and industrials. Um, it's actually a fairly broad base. So you could say uh, probably 70%, You know, maybe maybe 60% of the stock market is actually driving this uh, bull recovery. So it's actually not as focused as what a lot of people seem to think that it is. Mm-hmm. It's actually a reasonably broad recovery, but obviously it's driven by mining shares and
1: and that's Yes indeed but you were talking about retailers and also the financial services sector of the JSC Securities Exchange as an indication as to what might be happening with the real economy. In South um, Africa. Yes. Yeah in South Africa. Uh, Liberty Holdings. I don't know anyone that owns Liberty. I mean maybe you do. It's up, up uh, about 1.1% today. Woolies though with an announcement this morning at uh, five past seven that Alan Gray now owns just over 20%. They've acquired some more securities. That's a really big holding on behalf of their clients yes. obviously. That's a massive yep. holding 20%. There's share price up around about 5.5%. Are they right? Are they a little bit too early or what?
0: They could always look. look I mean, I've been debating this my whole life just about as to what is the best investment philosophy. Is it momentum investing where you just buy the winners? And there's nothing wrong with momentum investing except you get caned properly, let's say, once every 10 years. You get a proper hiding once every 10 years. Or value investing where you buy cheap shares, where you have a terrible five years and then you have the most wonderful two years that makes up for the previous five and a little bit more. Yes. So the problem with the problem with value investing is that you tend to buy early. Right. So now Woolworths Woolworth's in the last five years is down from a hundred bucks to thirty Rand. It gets up two Rand today, so it's thirty-two Rand today. You know, so this is truly uh, good value share, the dividend yield, I don't know whether they're going to pay a dividend this year, but the historic dividend yield is 6%, which is, you know, double the money market rate, even ignoring taxes, double the money market rate. It's at a historic 10 price earnings ratio, which is traditionally quite cheap because it's still a good company. I mean, we all know about the expedition into Australia, which has been a catastrophe to say the least. So Alan Gray is right over time for a value investor, but could very well be too early.
1: Yeah, you see, but the thing about the value or the deep value investors is that, as you say, they have their day in the sun, but then they have some really, really dark days as well. It's like living in yes, Finland. Darkness. I mean, half the year half yes. the year you don't see the sun, and the other half of the year you see it 24 hours a day and it drives you bonkers. Uh, but Yeah,
0: uh, well, they both drive you bonkers, I think. I think so too. The and the sunlight.
1: Yes, and deep value investing. You see, the thing is, when they like to come across as very intellectual and very academic. And I don't know. If you buy too early, then that's the same as buying too high. I mean, it's it's exactly the same thing. And I I don't understand when, and then when it goes well, aren't we so clever? I could be clever. I can take a really good company that sells nice food that that Wayne McCurry likes and he go and Mm -hmm. uh, David Shapiro likes and they, and they go there every week. So I know eventually it's going to turn around should the economy turn around, which inevitably it does because of the cyclicality of, of the macro economy. So I I don't know. I I don't know if if I'm clever. I I could do that. I could, I I could buy any company that is good. Of course, yes. Mm. Now, of course, yes.
0: Um, I mean, and obviously, exactly the same as the value and momentum investing. I've thought about this my whole investment life, which is, I call it 35 years now. Mm. You must understand what you are trying to do in investments is, is forecast the future. Now, forecasting the future sounds a bit better than guessing. But in effect, that's what you're doing. You're guessing what may happen into the future. And, you can use a lot of experience and a lot of mathematical models and models that you built yourself and quantitative work and a whole lot of highly intellectual activities, mm. but you're still guessing the future. So I, 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 I actually think it is incorrect. Two things are incorrect about asset management. To refer to an asset manager as a professional, I think, is wrong. Because a professional, you've got a, you must, to be a professional in something, you must have a hit rate of 96%. Okay. If you're a professional heart surgeon and you've only got a 50% hit rate, you're in deep trouble. You know, so a true professional, a person who is the master of their art, you expect a 90% plus outcome. I and mean, even the plumber, you can call a plumber professional because most of the time when they come to your house to, fix the plumbing because it's being naughty, they actually get it right because, you know, it's you can understand the consequences of your actions. Whereas when you're trying to guess the future, you don't know the consequences of your actions. I mean, we've spoken about this many, many times. I like welding, and I must admit I'm quite good at welding. So when I come to weld something, I get it right 90, 98% of the time because I can say, you know, I'm a, quality, I'm a professional welder, but I don't think it's correct to say in investments that you're a professional because a good investment manager gets it right 60, 65% of the time. A good one gets it right 65% of the time.
1: In that case, I'm never second, going to call anyone else ever again. I'm never going to call them an investment professional as well. I don't think well. you should. I don't think... No, I think no. I'm,
0: and, I'm, I'm, and the second thing of, of, of asset management you must have a great deal of humility in asset management because it will kick your bum no matter how clever you think you are. Mm. And I sometimes think the worst thing that can happen to an asset, well, not not the worst. Um, Let me rephrase this. I think outperformance of an asset manager is almost as bad for the asset manager as underperformance because when you outperform you think you actually know exactly what you're doing, and you become very arrogant, and you say, "Oh, this is this game's easy. Look how well we've done," and then you and then you properly get your bump kicked. So I, I honestly think that outperformance is almost as dangerous as underperformance for an asset manager, because you start when you get it right for one year or two years or three years, you get it right. You think you actually know what you do. You think you a professional
1: do you know what way and, uh, and, and i'm not
0: i'm not i'm not deriding asset managers i'm one myself yes and hopefully they perform some need that society has for people to manage their money but your your success rate if you good i'll say it again is 70 percent and 65 percent. if you good over time that's as high as it gets
1: Okay, so you're not a professional if you're an asset manager because you only get it, like, right, yeah. maximum two-thirds of the time. But the, the reason you're able yeah. to say this, Wayne, is because you're in the autumn or even the winter of your asset management career. If you'd have said yeah. this on radio when you were in your 30s, you'd be hauled across the coals, brought into the office, and uh, probably got a written warning or something. But you don't well, care I, anymore. I
0: don't think I would have said it. I don't think I would have said it because in my youth, when I kept my teeth in asset management, hmm. uh, we were very fortunate and we had exceptionally good outperformance for a quite a long, sustained time period. Mm. And I recognize the arrogance and the the feelings we had and how we thought we were so good and we knew this game and this game's easy. You know, you can only unfortunately recognize that with a little bit of hindsight and, and maybe hopefully a bit of maturity as well
1: okay so we look, we've looked at liberty we've looked at uh, woolworths um, because a, a well-known uh, value manager has taken uh, has now more than accumulated more than 20 percent not just recently just they've, they've been topping it up over um, time. yeah yeah, over time so so it's, it's a big bet if this goes back yeah. to 100 but in the, the next two to woolworths, three years woolworths
0: got a, woolworths hmm. has got a 35 40 billion rand market cap so they've got 10 billion in it hmm. you know they manage serious cash so 10 billion you know, for, for, uh, it's probably not even one of their top five holdings. I, I don't think it'll be one of their top ten holdings,
1: quite frankly. Okay. Well, it's, it's a lot of money to me. Uh, J C Limited came yeah. out with its results this afternoon, yes. Wayne. Did you see that? A n- nice set of numbers, yeah. I thought. Well, look, certainly they've
0: benefited a, l- a little bit from the market going up and quite a bit of trading in the market because, you know, they've had a torrid time for a number of years and they're getting squeezed from all sides they're getting squeezed on costs you know once again to go back to when i was uh new in asset management i mean honestly your brokerage fees that you were paying could easily have been one and a half two percent per trade you know Mm, now it's point three right if that if you're lucky i don't think it's point three i think it's probably point one
1: five
0: yeah it is so small And they got the other listings, the other exchanges coming on, although I think that might be a longer-term threat, but it's not a short-term. I don't think it's a short-term threat, but it might be a longer-term threat. And yet they've got to stay up to date with all the technologies and keep the ship running, which is very, very expensive. So they've been squeezed. And of course, even though the last two or three months has been good, you know, our market's gone sideways for five years, so we haven't had a bull market Five, I think it's about seven years now. So we haven't had a bull market for a very, very long time. So it's, it's, it's well good for them that they actually had uh, a half decent um, trading update here. Yeah. Because I mean, the turnover is up twenty odd percent, which is quite good. Uh, profits up twenty percent, earnings up twenty two percent. You say no, it's, it's a it's a nice set of results.
1: Yes, it is. And well done to them. But of course, the big story of the day is the gold shares, Goldfields and DRD Gold, both coming out with trading updates or results today. And uh, if you look at the top four on the JSE on my screen, it's Harmony, DRD Gold, gold fields, and Pan-African Resources. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Again, again, it's like the, the deep value investors. You know, you Occasionally, you get your day in the sun. But the day in the sun yes. for gold investors has has been quite a long day this time, hasn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's been over a year, I would think, That. Mm. It must be something like, something like it,
1: but you you still must remember you,
0: Mm. this is, I mean, obviously I'm wrong on this one. And I mean, you know, that's fine. You're wrong. You're often wrong. Mm -hmm. In fact, one day when I retire from investments, I just hope that my positive column outweighs my negative column in because believe me, you only remember your mistakes.
1: I think you're the sort of person own, that wouldn't have carried on, Wayne. You wouldn't have carried on if, you, if you're more negative than positive. You're that sort of person, well, that's I think. My,
0: that's my one uh, reconciliation that I'd give myself. Yes. Is that I think if I, if I didn't add value somewhere, if I didn't give a contribution somewhere, I wouldn't be in the job that I am because I've been in this job 35 years now. So, yeah, so it's, 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 it's truly, you know, you, you become very reflective when you get older. Mm-hmm uh it's, it's truly one of the factors that, you know, um, gives me some positive feelings about my, my career in asset management is that, and to quote a uh, 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 saying, you know, I'm still standing. There are many, many people you aren't standing in asset management.
1: Yeah, 35
0: I'm- years, there are many you, you aren't standing anymore.
1: I think experience is, is one of the main things. I know there are some sharp-suited and sharp-brained young people out there, but I would still rather have, rather than an algorithmic program, I'd still rather have uh, Wayne McCurry and David Shapiro doing something for yeah. me than an than, algo. you need, you an need algo.
0: everything in asset management. You need, you need propeller heads, you need experience, you need young people, you need old people, you need accountants, you need engineers, you need people with no degrees, you need... People with a very smart upbringing, you need, you need, a, in, in investments, you need a diverse uh, pool to draw on to hopefully be successful over time. And I've also learned, you know, you must, I can remember when Quant first came out, it was like in the mid 90s when people started fiddling with investments and algorithms and stuff like this. Yes. And it, it has a part, eh? I mean I don't understand it so I'll never be able to do it but it has a part same as same as technical analysis you know you can't only be a technical analyst but it has a part you know yeah so in, investments is a it's, a it's a truly interesting and very sometimes very satisfying career but sometimes incredibly frustrating because not because of getting it wrong, by the way, it's because you never reach an end goal. Now, if you're building a building, if you're a building contractor or a project manager and you're doing something, at someday it's finished. And then you can stand back and say, I did that. But in investments, you can never stand back and say, I did it because you never actually reach the end. You never, you never, there's, there's no sort of end date that, that you've got to work towards to try and meet the deadline or something like that. It's just, it's continuous. You're trying to look for outperformance. You're trying to mitigate risk. It's it's very it's very interesting and, and very challenging and but it's also incredibly frustrating in that you never reach an, an end goal. You know, you don't you don't say, Boom, I'm finished. Now I must
1: start something new. Yeah, it's it's every every day you get up and you have to keep on going. It's an ongoing project, in other words. It's unfinished business. Wayne, I've got to ask you a question now, and I want you to search your soul, if you can, because we've been talking over the last few months about the V-shaped recovery, and we've both agreed, um, and we've both been wrong about the fact that the market wasn't going to – and the economy wasn't going to affect a V-shaped recovery. And um, the, there was going to be another sell-off. And here we are with the S&P 500 within 2%, I think yeah. it is, of all-time record high. No sell-off yet, And yeah. uh, the JSE has gone positive for the year. So what are you going to do? When are you going to throw in the towel and say, the money that I've got waiting in well, the wings, I'm going to now uh, deploy? Yeah. When are you going to do it?
0: Oh, Lindsay. Look, I can only rely on what knowledge I do have of markets and how things work. Nothing goes up or down in a straight line forever. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. So I'll still hold on to the cash, but to answer your question, and this is a very facetious answer, I'll probably commit that money the day before the market falls. Okay. Or, or I will be fired and someone else will commit that money the day before the market falls. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Wayne, that's a very good answer. Let's not expand upon it. But um, I still think you're going to be right. And I still think your patience will pay off. It's just been it's being tested sorely at the moment. Wayne McCurry yes. is a portfolio manager at f Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position